0: Hey, it's Keith. How are you? I am thinking about that question a lot these days. Um, I'm thinking about feelings and just being disorganized and feeling disorganized, and I just have to speak extemporaneously on this topic today because I just, I have, I'm having a harder and harder time gathering myself, gathering my thoughts, and articulating them in a precise way in the direction I want to aim my thoughts on the topics I want to think about. You know, this podcast, I'm proud to have documented my thought process over the last four years about, you know, mostly, like, culture, politics, but also just about everything else. It's a nice record to have, and it's a nice, like, practice, I think, for me to have. But I'm not blowing up as a, as a podcaster because I don't publicize it. I don't share it and tell all my Instagram followers that they should listen to it. I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly proud of this as a podcast per se because I just, I don't know if, if everyone should listen to me thinking out loud. I mean, how would I, I just feel like that's such an arrogant thing to like ask for attention like that. Um, and I think I, I prefer to treat this space, this platform, as more of a diary that I invite you, dear listener, to listen in on, because I think it's valuable to hear how people think and to think through things. And very often I'm thinking through like like political philosophy. And I thought maybe today I would record another one about political philosophy. Because my cousin Chloe was just here staying with me in Berlin from New York. And she's a social worker who went to Oberlin College. And she's just very much in full advocacy for uh, representation. And, you know, she speaks in terms of like Black Lives Mattering because they are literally being killed by cops, kind of stuff. So, like, we got into these, like, big debates. Not big, but, like, we we have these little skirmishes that I don't think are very fun, to be honest. Um, mainly because I don't know if... I think we're just talking past each other, you know? Like, she wants to tell me what she thinks as if I don't know how she thinks already. Like, I know everything that a person like that is going to say. Sometimes, though, when you have these kind of discussions, maybe, like, some light of the actual person will come through and it, you'll have an actual personal individual take but like when you're speaking in terms of like all the news that we all read it's very hard to like have a real conversation and i just i guess i i'm not you know i besides this little anecdote that i'm telling you now i don't really want to get into all this again right i mean i don't really want to talk about why obsessing about equity and representation is pointless You know, like, you probably already have your mind made up. And it's like, okay, Keith, you have these, like, you know, instigating, provocative thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to spare you today about that. But I want to talk just more about, like, (laughs) the personal here. You know, they say the personal is political. I don't know how true that is. I really just don't know. Because... I don't know. I guess one thing that we can all have in common, like the, the agitators of the world, the people that like are unhappy with things and like wanna cause mischief in any direction, whether it's for activism or reform or radicalization or revolution. I just feel like there's something else going on deep down in that person, in all of us, that like is is not at rest, you know, not at peace internally. And I can really relate to that. And I just want to talk that out now because it just, I don't know. It's kind of like, what kind of drunk are you? You know, are you an angry drunk? Are you a sad drunk? Are you a happy drunk? You know, I'm a pretty chilled out, happy drunk. Um, I'm happy to just be relaxed and laugh and um, stuff like that. And I kind of am always seeking that in life. But it's very hard because life is messy, right? Right. And I'm just very, very aware of how messy it is right now because of my recent injury. And this podcast isn't really about my injury per se. My foot is broken. So all of August, all of September will be defined by this broken foot and not being able to walk on it. And it just kind of highlights all the myriad troubles I have in my life already. It just highlights those things. So, I'm going to go and recuperate at my parents' house in California. I was at odds with that because I just thought, I'm a grown man. Like, what can my aging parents do for me exactly? Is that really the move here? Do I want to be this guy, like, laid up at my parents' house? Kind of like how I was for COVID. And I don't it makes me want a family or want, you know, some really solid support system of my own in the city i live in that's not their city, you know. And i wish i had that. I wish i could like really properly organize my life to have full support. But i don't. And i do really appreciate my friends in berlin and the amount of support that they've been able to provide here and there. And i think maybe between like 3 or 4 of my close friends I've gotten by okay, but I still have FOMO when they go out and I can't really go out with them. I still wish they could do more, you know, which is not really fair of them or not, not really fair of me to ask of them. Um, and so I'm left here with my own devices, trying to figure everything out. You know, like I'm traveling in a week and I don't need to tell you dear listener how stressful that is in and of itself if you're moving or taking a big trip. Um, All the loose ends that you feel like you need to tie up. Like, we just say packing, but it's like, you know, it's way more than packing. You know, like, I have to get this apartment ready to sublet. I have to clean it all out, get everything, all my personal effects tidied away, maybe travel with them, maybe toss them, you know? So it goes into this whole cleaning house attitude, right? Which is a ton of work, just just that is just a ton of work. even if you can walk around and I can't even like walk around my house so it's like really hard to like lay out my paperwork and like try and figure it out. I have all this mail like a lot of medical bills and this is not even about my foot. this is before I broke my foot. I was going to my doctor, my my um, general doctor and I went to an ear nose and throat guy as well. And I get these bills, which are fine, you know, like, and I can submit them to my insurance, but just the process of paying a bill in Germany is such a hassle. Like, I would just prefer to pay it when I visit, you know, but I get the, I get something in the mail. I, um, I have to (laughs) go onto my banking account online and write down this like 30 digit number and, um. Hope that it goes there. I hope I don't make a typo. I never get a receipt or a confirmation. Um, I might get a reminder and I can't tell if the reminder was sent before they got the payment or if it's like still outstanding balance. Like it's really, to me, like that kind of stuff is really stressful and hard to get my mind around. And I thought to myself, okay, Keith, it's Thursday. Get this done now because you have a house guest coming. Again, my cousin just left. Now I have another friend staying with me for the next week, which is hardly what i need at the moment, right, before i like travel away from here. But um that's what's happening and it's kind of nice. Like there's a you know there's a reason i've agreed to it and all. Like i do want to be able to enjoy my life and catch up with an old friend and have some help around the house as well. Um but it's uh yeah, pardon the chimes. It's a it's a bit of a hassle, right, to um to have to deal with socializing on top of all that. And, you know, I'm talking to my my dear friend Cherie, seeing when she's available, and it's like, most people, of course, they're busy. It's like, well, I'm doing this and that, and I'm not sure when I'll be around, and yada, yada. I mean, that's life. Um, but like, it just it just becomes like very hard to just get my mind around the next week. You know, like, there's just so many things to, think about, you know, like from like, like when I wake up in the morning, which meds am I taking? You know, can, do I have the energy in my arms to lift myself out of bed and and um, cr- take my crutches into the bathroom? You know, like how much time does that, do I need for that? Um, which meetings do I have today? You know, which doctors do I have today? Do I have physiotherapy today? And. Each time I have one of those visits, it's like more paperwork to file. Do I need to save this? Do I, can I throw this away? Is this valuable? You know, like even when like a doctor writes down on a like a casual piece of their like letterhead paper, like a notepad, like your next appointment is next Monday at 2 p.m. Can I throw that away? I mean obviously I can. I can put it in my calendar and then throw it away, but it's like, well, this is a piece of paper, it's a record. Maybe I'll save that. Maybe I'll compile a whole folder of all my all my medical stuff for this foot, right? I have no idea how it's gonna get sorted out with my insurance. So maybe it's good to have that. Maybe I, I need a paper trail here. Um and then like when I start thinking about that, it's like, oh, I need to file my taxes. I should really do that before I leave, you know, and so that's another thing that you have to like take care of. And there's just like these kind of things, these like practicalities of life, the admin of life. You know, I don't wanna say it's daunting. I don't want to because I'm a grown man and I should be able to handle this stuff. I should be able to just be like, look, I have a desk, I have a folder, I know how to organize myself, but it is hard for me to be organized. It's just really hard to feel organized. And then when you throw on top of that, the inability to walk, the pain associated with foot that's ha- that has like plates and screws in it, plus like the unhealed wounds on in the skin from where you know the doctors scalped you. You know, like you kind of just want to lay there and watch TV or play video games or something. You know. So, you know, you know, dear listener, that I already have a hard time organizing my thoughts. And taking aim at what I want in life and just going straight for it and having a plan. I mean, I'm already bad at that, and I feel worse. And it, it scares me, to be honest. It's like, is this a prelude to old age? You know, is my mind already slipping? You know, they say that like your mind basically does peak in its thirties. So it's like, am I now going gonna go downhill? That's, like, really scary, and I want to, like, stay sharp. I don't know if I ever was sharp, to be honest. I think I've lived my life in this fog, you know? I was, like, a stoner pothead for the first 20, 25 years of my life. Well, not the first <laughs> not the first 14 years. But, like, a good chunk of that time, I was just, like, high a lot, you know? I do like to drink, you know? I took a recent three-week hiatus from drinking, And that felt good to do, right? I mean, I'm happy to have done that, I guess. I don't really care. You know, people do that kind of stuff for different reasons. Like, a lot of people are afraid of their long-term effects of alcohol, like, on their liver, like, in their body. That doesn't bother me whatsoever. I feel like I'm in good enough shape, and I've never had any sort of report from from a doctor about, like my cholesterol levels or my you know blood pressure levels nothing has ever been out of out of the ordinary so i've always feel very healthy in my body and it's like you know if my liver starts to suffer when i'm 80 quite frankly whatever I, I hate to sound so cavalier about the future because i am not that young i still feel young and i'm told all the time that i am young it's a kind of a funny theme Every doctor and hospital um, occasion in the last month, I've been reassured that I'm young. Like, it's almost like the medical system feels that they should still invest in me, right? Like, that's why they're performing this surgery. That's why they're giving me crutches instead of a wheelchair. That's why they are rehabilitating me fully because I still have a lot to give in terms of my energy and my life, right? So, in this sense, I'm young which is nice to hear, but it's like, you know, <laughs> youth is wasted on the young. It's hard for young people to really appreciate age and death, right? And I think that I have a little more wisdom than that at this point, and I do appreciate those things. But quite frankly, like, life should be enjoyed. I'm definitely, obviously, more of a hedonist than I am an esthete I'm not about to, like... <laughs> swear off alcohol forever because it could affect my body. My mind, on the other hand, like maybe waking up slightly hungover often is bad. Maybe that is like hurting my cognizance, my ability to think through the problems in my life, right? And that is a reason to cut back on drinking. It's not a reason to me to quit drinking because it's really pleasant to have a beer after work or have a bottle of wine at dinner, or obviously go out for a cocktail, or just have drinks with friends. I mean, it's just one of my, it's one of the pleasures in life and that I don't wanna give up. Other drugs, like how are these things affecting my brain? And this is worth questioning. And I do think, to be honest, I think this feeling of being scrambled, being, having my head scrambled, feeling just disorganized throughout my life, I would attribute it most to taking hard hallucinogens often and at high quality quantities in my late teens and early 20s because I don't think I've ever thought the same since then. Those were formative years of the brain developing still. And, you know, I'm a creative person, and it was actually really beneficial to my creativity. I think that my entire oeuvre as an artist stemmed from tripping and seeing the world in this, like, alternate way, seeing behind the curtain, as it were. I think my, like, interests in beauty and wisdom and truth really, like, can be, like, distilled to that kind of hallucinogenic experience. Not that it wasn't there before, but I think it's, like, really been... Those were formative years, but I think they did come at a cost, you know? Like, I I remember very distinctly, like, taking mushrooms out in the forest you know, in my 20s in New York, and not knowing where I was and hearing my friends out in a meadow and just thinking, okay, how do I get to that meadow? Obviously, it's possible, and I had no idea how to get there. Like, I was looking in front of myself. There, was like, there were, like, vines on the ground. There was, like, trees and stuff. There was a clearing at some point, like, a real path, I'm sure, to get to the meadow, and I couldn't see it, and I just sort of, like, stumbled through these, like, the brush to get to this meadow. And it's not dissimilar to how I broke my foot, you know, like I just couldn't find a proper exit to this courtyard that I was in. And so I just thought I have to go above this spiked gate that's obviously not meant to be <laughs> traversed by a person. It's like for, you know, garbage trucks or something. But I had to, I, I just figured that like I couldn't find out a different way. And so I just thought I would go that way. And in a way, like these feel very meaningful to me, like symbolic that this is like my life struggle. Like I I, I kind of know where I want to go. Like I can see the street from here. I can hear my friends from here, but I don't know how to get there. And I really don't know how to get there. And in that moment I freeze and I look around and I just think, well, put one foot in front of the other and just kind of go in that direction and it doesn't always work. It just doesn't always work. Like, we can fuck up ourselves, our bodies, our life paths by doing that, you know? And it's sad. It's sad. I, I really, <laughs> this is kind of hitting me, you know? It just, it's really obvious to me how valuable a life plan can be how valuable plans in general are and organization and taking aim at a certain thing, really setting your sights at it and trying for it, and how difficult things can turn if you just really go with the flow and take things as they come and, you know, breeze like a leaf blowing in the wind, you know, like there's something so nice and poetic and beautiful about that that I've really embodied in my life. And I've kind of just gone where life takes me and I have my interests and I do sort of make plans. And I know how to do a lot of that kind of stuff, especially with travels and trips. But like in general, I kind of just do go with the flow and take life as it comes. And, you know, I don't, you know, maybe opportunities arise, maybe I miss them. I it's like, it's been like that. And I really do wish that I was more equipped to, like, have a plan and really aim at it. I wish that I could do that. And I'm sure I could. I mean, this is what school should really be about, frankly. This is, like, such an important thing. Like, school should be teaching people how to think. And I was taught very well how to think. I think I know how to think things through. I think I know how to take, like, tackle a problem or an idea. And really, like, I'm good at that but i i don't know how to think about my whole life you know and most of the people that i'm surrounded with are similar it's just like life is what's in front of you the end i feel like doing this now so i'm going to go with my feelings the end and i feel that i really feel that but i think these days i'm feeling the burden of that it's like painful to me to have lived like that for so long and to not have something more in order I guess I'm just like craving order you know like I really really crave order down to an order of operations for getting ready to for bed now because each step with my crutches is so um taxing as it were like but even before I had crutches right like I am lazy. Like, if I am laying in bed, I don't want to get up and brush my teeth. I have to brush my teeth before I lay in bed. If I'm laying in bed early in the evening because it's, like, a Wednesday and I'm worn out and this is just a night to, like, watch YouTube on my laptop or something, and I'm just doing it on my in my bed instead of the couch, like, this is really dangerous, you know? And I think this is, like, the next morning you wake up and you think... Well, that was a little wasted of a night, even though I didn't get wasted. It's like I didn't see anyone. What? I don't know. Not every night or day or week or even year has to be productive or meaningful per se. But I guess I do think it's good to generally be heading in the right direction, you know? And right now, I'm just so conscious of it. I really want to make sure that I am heading in the right direction at this point. And I still even don't know what that is. And like, every time I try and talk like this with people that I trust, you know, my confidants, my support system, it's actually really hard. It's actually really, really hard to talk about this because the people that there's like two kinds of people, you know, like there's the by the book organized types that have career paths and it's like climbing ladders and it's like, you know, they think of it so obviously, like. Yeah, you just go to school and then you apply for a job. The end. Like, people like this really do think of it so cut and dry. And then there's people that that know how hard things are and how, how uh, improvisational life is and how up-to-chance things are and, you know, how it's hard to make decisions and how choosing one thing can eliminate other things that you still might want. And it's just... I guess I I would love a life coach. I would love a psychologist or a therapist or a life coach that understood both of these sides and could synthesize something out of it to help somebody like me or you, dear listener, to really figure things out in a thoughtful and productive way. You know, I speak about this mostly probably with my dad who is just wanting to help so badly and just doesn't help And it's frustrating for both of us. It's like, I want help. He wants to help. And yet, somehow, we just have the same discussion for the last 20 years of my life. And it's pretty damn frustrating. And I just, you know, there are some things that, like, are really clear, like, the kind of help that I need. Like, I need help doing laundry and doing the dishes. Well, this is, you're describing, like, um, a maid, you know, yeah, I would love a maid. I would love a maid. You know, in the hospital, I really valued nurses. I didn't need them as much as a lot of people do, thank God. But nurses are so valuable and such a <laughs> such a, a blessing, frankly. Um, all the things, right, that rich people have, a private chef, a driver, you know, Your own jet plane, you know, to have your own private jet, my God, that would be so nice. You know, to not have to like search for flights, to not have to plan on getting to the airport on time and making sure you don't miss it and rebooking and, you know, running to the airport and making sure you packed properly. To just like have it as if it was your car that you could like throw things in and like go around 3 p.m. But not necessarily exactly like that would just be. God, that would be good. Um, and I have to say, like, I am a bit motivated. I wish I could, I, you know, I'm motivated to have money and to make money when I think about these kind of things that I really want. The kind of problems that I have are poor-slash-middle-class problems, you know, of, like, stressing over my bills and whether or not to submit them to my insurance and what my insurance premiums are going to be like, and what my deductible is, and what comes out of that, and when I should send in these bills, like, after the hospital stuff or before. Like, a rich person wouldn't really have to stress about that, you know? Even just, like, renting out my apartment. Like, I have this apartment in Berlin. I'm going back to California where I have a house. The rent in my apartment is but a fraction of what my house costs. But I need it i need it and it's stressful it's a lot of work to like rent out your pl- place it's a lot of work in terms of emails and like finding some finding the right person trusting them getting all the payments sorted getting all the correspondence sorted going back and forth and then like entrusting them with your place you know and if you rent then like dealing with like the the landlord above you and all your neighbors and like it's just a ton of work you know so like it would be so great to not even have to worry about it and just have a place that was empty. Of course, people hate those people. And that was one of the conversations I got in with my cousin Chloe when she was here. Like this idea of, you know, we saw a sign that said anti-touristas or something. It was like, just like, I, I don't know what this whole movement is against tourism, but the premise I guess is that people are upset with housing and the limits of housing and how tourists, because of Airbnb, take up housing that should go to, Residents. It's a really poorly thought out argument because tourists are not to blame for wanting to visit your city. I mean, they're a blessing, quite frankly. They're vibrant and exciting, and they bring in revenue and they bring in fun. But people think like, oh, if you're staying in that place, that means that some owner just rents it out to tourists instead of like a real resident living there. And so this is considered like some major social problem. And I guess if like your only concern is like, housing rights for the disenfranchised, then yeah, it's a problem. I would argue that housing rights for the disenfranchised is a, a really complicated thing that, at the root of it, <laughs> what, do I, what should I even say here? I mean, I'm just trying to slip in a whole other podcast topic here. Um, I don't know why people think that everyone is owed prime real estate in the center of a big city just because they have lived there for however long already or their parents lived there I mean I don't even know anyone that's that lives in their same place as their parents lived but of course I've lived in a middle class bubble there are poor people but it's like I just don't understand that argument and I don't think that people that make the argument understand it either from what I remember with my talk with my cousin. It's just a very like general feeling. Like I just believe, I just I just think, I, I just feel like people should ha- be able to live there. Well, yeah, it's a feeling. And I guess my whole point to tie it back into this podcast topic, what do we do with feelings? I mean, wh- who cares about your feelings in a way? Like individually, like on a personal level, friends care about each other's feelings family members and lovers care about each other's feelings that's it society doesn't care about your feelings unless you can like make them entertaining and provocative in some sort of ideally monetizable way you know if you can be a public intellectual or an artist and talk about feelings that's great if you can be a youtuber or a, an actor and you know really articulate feelings for people that's really valuable but otherwise people don't I mean, who cares if you feel sad that whatever, whatever, pick your social ill that, you know, dogs are put down, that homeless people sleep in the gutters. Like, what are your thoughts about it? What do you think should happen? And maybe your thoughts are beginner, entry level thoughts compared to someone that, like, actually studies the topic, right? What are their thoughts? I mean, isn't that what's more important? So. <laughs> i don't know i guess i just feel like we've been living in this world now dominated by feelings and i have feelings that's for sure but i don't try to talk too much about my feelings on this podcast because it's like who cares about your feelings feelings are valuable insofar as they can help you think through things better you know we have feelings of sadness in order to inform our thoughts about how to prepare for other tragedies in life or how to, you know, learn a lesson, you know, we, we have to intellectualize these things eventually if they're going to be of meaning at all. I think that's, I honestly think that that's like kind of the point of feelings to like inform you to make better judgments, you know, like feelings of love. Like if you feel love for somebody, that's like, a sign that your body's telling you, like, maybe you should procreate with this person. Maybe you should build a life with this person, you know? Like, to just be like, oh, we have the feelings. How nice. Like, big deal, right? I mean, orgasms are nice. We don't go around talking about our orgasms with each other. Going to the toilet is nice, you know? Like, these things are not interesting to most people. (laughs) Why would they be? And I just, I find it insane that we get so obsessed with them, but I do too. I mean, I have them, I, I tender them. I, you know, I, I care for my feelings, but you know, like my parents have been calling me like every day now since my injury, just checking in. And it's like, in a way it's like, this is too much. Like you want me to just talk about how bored and upset and frustrated and, you know, negative I am. I've become, I, I don't know. I, I'm stewing in this negative state of not being able to live my life properly. It's not fun. And I just don't think it's valuable for other people to be like burdened with that. You know, like I want to, I want to address my issues as efficiently as possible. I want my feelings to inform how I think about things, how I, play how I plan for things, how I um, prepare, hiccuping. Um, and other than that, like, what's what 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 needs to be said, you know? Like, do we need to talk about this, really? <laughs> on that note, I guess I should wrap it up, keep this kind of a short one. I just, I do feel disorganized. It's a feeling to be disorganized and it sucks. And I know you can relate to that on some level. And, you know, before the weekend happens, I would like to have fun this weekend. I don't know if it's possible. It's going to rain. I can't walk. I don't know what's going on. I have boring weeks, even if I'm healthy. So I'm not sure if anything's going to happen, but I'll have my buddy here. And I just want to get my mind straight before that happens. And it's not going to happen. It's just not even going to happen because it's a never-ending process, right? I mean, my mind will probably never be fully in order and I just kind of mourn that as a fact I just am sad about that I wish it could be and I guess I really do want to work on getting it there I want to have all my creative projects laid out before me clean and organized you know I spend a lot of time in my in my f- like folders on my laptop just organizing the hell out of it I spend a lot of time just setting up my Lightroom catalog to know which hard drives have what on them and Sorting out systems by date and place and all this, and it's like, it's so tedious. It's so much work, but it's fun because I really believe in being organized, and I just, I wish I was. And I, I am compared to a lot of people, but I'm not as much as I want. And maybe it's an obsession. Maybe I'm OCD about this, but like I just, fucking need to feel more organized, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'll report back. Until next time, guys. Ciao.